Aloha! Welcome to the Hale o Nakaula podcast. We are based upcountry on the stunning island of Maui. If you have any questions or want to know more about us, you can always check us out at hokmaui.com. We would love to connect with you on social media throughout the week on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Today, our pastor, Daniel Oliveira, talks about the maturing of God's sons. Galatians 4.1 compares immature children to slaves under the authority of guardians and managers. It is time for us to mature as sons and grow up into the measure of the fullness of Christ. The key to this maturity is obedience. Christ was diligent to do and speak only that which his father instructed, and it is time for us to do the same. I really want to bless this word for us because I am looking for something. Are you also looking for something? You know, it's like kings inquire. God hides things. But it is up to us to inquire. And we do not just want to know things, but it is part of our spiritual growth to tap into new things. And I, I want to bless that for us because the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. This is Proverbs 20, 27. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord. You have a lamp of the Lord in your life, searching. And like this song that we just sung, he has longed for us. And I think that this is one, one of the things that I, if I, I come here this morning and tell you everything that is wrong with you, you would say, Amen. Right? But if I come here and say, in God's eyes, there's nothing wrong, you would go like, no. When he said to his disciples, when you hear the kingdom is here, the kingdom is there, the kingdom, you know, don't go. Because the kingdom is within you. In your heart. Everything that you need, you have it. There is not one verse in scriptures that says that there is still something missing to be done. Everything has been provided pertaining to life and godliness. So in one sense, we are waiting, but God is waiting. He's waiting for me to be who I am in his eyes. So that means I am in the process of growing up. But everything that I need to grow up has been provided. You have a spirit. You have a spirit within you. That is a spark of God's creation. 
And you working with that spirit is the key for you to grow and for you to mature. And then wherever you lack something, he is so gracious and thoughtful that he already put you in a body that whatever you lack, there is some other joint to supply. Ephesians 4. He gave us apostles and prophets and evangelists and teachers and, you know, that we all grow up. Let's, you guys want to have some fun here? I bless this for us. Look at this. I'm going to read some verses because that's kind of what I've been looking to the Lord. Lord, you are the creator. You created heavenly hosts, angels and archangels and all of that. And we are here in our humanness. And why is it that you've been longing for us? Why is it that you have been drawing us from many waters, many quarters? You know, why is it that you, you sent your son to come and die for us, to reconcile us to yourself? It seems to me that there is an important part of the plan of God that depends on me and depends on you. Romans 8 talks about the sons of God removing and in futility. And I can keep here complaining about futility, but I cannot forget that it is up to somebody to break into this level of maturity, of adoption as sons, to break and bring the freedom that we are looking for. Do you understand that? Job 7, just for fun, 17. What is man that you magnify him and that you are concerned about him, that you examine him every morning? and try him every moment. Why is it that God, wherever he is, in this realm that we call heaven, he is, what is man that you magnify him, and that you're concerned about him, and that you examine him every morning, and try him every moment? Will you never turn your gaze away from me? Nor let me alone until I swallow my spittle? Do you feel the sense here, Job, talking to God? It's like, God, time out. Give me a break. First Corinthians 2, I love, you know, I, I cannot, this is what I'm telling myself, I cannot say, I have no means of finding out what God is doing. If you have the Bible, you should be able to find anything and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. For who among men knows the thoughts of a man 
except the spirit of the man which is in him. Even so, the thoughts of God, no one knows except the spirit of God. Now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, so that we may know the, free, the things freely given to us by God, which things we also speak, not in words taught by human wisdom, but in those taught by the spirit, combining the spiritual thoughts with spiritual words. You have not received the spirit of this world. It doesn't mean it's easy to know everything. It means a lot of work. It means I really have to pray. Oh no. I have to work with my spirit. My spirit with his spirit that's in me and dig and inquire. What is it that you're doing? What is your plan for me? And I, I, I don't know. What is his plan for you? I'm trying to find out what is his plan for me. <laughs> Does it make sense? And I think we all need to go before the Lord. Lord, who am I? How do you see me? And what do you want me to do today? Or do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have from God, and that you are not your own? 1 Corinthians six nineteen. What I'm trying to do here is like, I want to bless us with a, a closer relationship with our spirit. We should not be like Ephesians, again, Ephesians 4 talks about, we should not be children tossed here and fro by every wind, every wind of change. Today, uh, I feel good. Tomorrow, I don't feel good. Today, I am under the circumstances. And then tomorrow, somebody tells me something, and then I feel better, and then, ah, what a good day. You know, what is it that it says, by this time, I should not have to bring you milk again, right? You should be eating meat. Let's do it. I'm hungry. I bless that for us, Lord. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, so that the surpassing greatness of the power will be of God and not from ourselves, 2 Corinthians 4, 7. I bless that for us. Let us connect 24 hours every day, seven days a week, with the treasure. The kingdom is not here or there. The kingdom is this treasure that you have within you. The kingdom is this spirit that is your ways of communicating with the Father and changing from glory to glory. But the moment that I disconnect and I, I 
I'm not aware of this treasure, of this spirit. I am lost. I am tossed here and fro. Because, like James talked about, you, you walk away and you forget who you are. Are you guys getting this? Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm looking for an experience. Yeah. For me personally, I need it. But hey, what if we all break through into this together? Yeah. You know, like, like the, the drive of this morning is like, we don't come empty-handed before the Lord. I don't come empty-handed because I, don't, I did not let go of what he already blessed me with. Right? I cannot be blessed today and let go of the blessing tomorrow and then come the next day, I have nothing. You build line upon line, precept upon precept, and that to me is a process that we are in of growing. Right? Yes. And the, the foundation of everything is number one, it is his love for us. James 4, 5, or do you think that the scripture speaks to no purpose? He jealously desires the spirit which he has made to dwell in us. I love this verse because it's like he's jealous of this treasure that's in you. And when I say I have nothing, he's going like, what are you talking about? I have given you my spirit. I've given you part of me. And that spirit is going to go through this process of growing and maturing. And that's the only way that you're going to be free. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field, which a man found and hid again. And from joy over it, he goes and sells all that he has and buys that field. I am saying, you are this treasure. You are this field. You are the field that God has found a treasure. And he's longing to own it. And he doesn't care about the field. He will work that field, make it look nice. But what he cares is about that treasure. Okay, let's, let's get serious here, okay? You guys ready for Galatians 4, verse 1? Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he's owner of everything. But he is under guardians and managers until the date set by the Father. Keep guardians and managers in your mind, okay? So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental 
things of the world. Another translation, there's a translation called net. And it's good because if you have it in your computer, then you have almost like every verse, you have the notes of the translators with very important information about how and why they translated it the way they translated and other ways and the explanation for their translation. Okay? So this thing here, elemental things, is elemental spirits. The elemental spirits, good or bad, they are your guardians and your managers. Put that together with Romans 8, and that's why you feel like your life is under futility. But why? why what, Romans 8 talks about he subjected creation in hope. You've got to go like, okay, well, there's a hope. What is the hope? What is the hope? Is the hope is that as long, uh, maybe not, it doesn't sound that hopeful, <laughs> but so also we, while we are children, we're going to continue in bondage under the elemental spirits. Do you understand that? Yeah. Do you want to be free? Do you, want to, do you want to stop serving managers and guardians and relate to the Father? Yes. Me too. So what is the answer? Stop being children. Stop being tossed here and throw. And grow up to the measure, the stature of the fullness of Christ. And I'm saying this because this is where I get stuck, being honest with you. Because ask a little child if it's easy to grow up. Right? You, you, you cannot do anymore the things that you used to do. You cannot eat the same thing. Right? You have to be trained. You have to be disciplined. And you have to learn to share. Right, Quincy? <laughs> it is a life of challenges. But to me, this is what, what I'm going like, okay, Lord, me sitting here, like, on my hands, pouting, it's not going to change anything. What I need to do is get up and do what my father told me to do. What I need to do is, okay, father, what is it that you want me to be today? But I don't know how to do this. Well, he has given us the, his spirit, the Holy Spirit to teach us, to guide us. I'm going to read this one more time. Now I say, as long as the heir is a child, he does not differ at all from a slave, although he's owner of everything. But he's under guardians and managers until the date set by the father. 
So also we, while we were children, were held in bondage under the elemental things or the elemental spirits of the world. But when the fullness of the time came, God sent forth his son, born of a woman, born under the law, so that he might redeem those who were under the law, that we might receive the adoption as sons. This is important because it is a change. And I think that the thing that he's saying here is it is a transition of actually from immaturity to maturity. Because you were already a son and a daughter. But because you were immature, you were under guardians and managers. But when you come to maturity, then you enter into this level of mature sonship. It's a different relationship. So what I'm saying here is like, we all know that. I don't think that there's nothing, anything new in what I'm telling you this morning. But I, I think that God is dealing with me. Because I, I cannot get what I want if I continue being immature. The freedom that I'm looking for is my freedom to be adopted. And then you're free from guardians and managers, and you're relating directly to the Father. It doesn't mean that it's easier. The people of Israel were under guardians and managers, the gods of Egypt. They were under futility. They were serving other gods. And when the time came, God rescued them. But they still had struggles. They were not ready to serve God directly. And I think that that's all good because we, we need an ability to receive this impartation of learning obedience by the things that he suffered. But Christ had to come to open the door for us. But the process is still the same. I still need to learn obedience. Because obedience is a sign of maturity. You stop doing what you want and you start being obedient. Right? Jesus is the... the our example. And he said, I only do the things that I see my father doing. I only speak what I, I hear my father speaking. And we are here doing what we want, speaking what we want, feeling however we want, you know, being carried away by the wings of changes. And God is going, yeah, you're not ready yet. You're going to have to continue under guardians and managers.
even though they're not the best ones a lot of times, even though they're not doing exactly what I want, want them to do, even though they are blocking your freedom and blocking your relationship with me, blocking your worship, blocking your health, blocking your finances and everything, they are still managers and guardians. And you're going to be under them until you come to a maturity. Yes. See, this is not a mystery. It's right here. I wish it was not here. <laughs> I wish there was just some magic rapture <laughs> that would just overnight change everything and everything would be perfect. You know what the problem with that is? Even if everything would change, I would still be the same. <laughs> and then God is not get, getting what he wants. Because what he wants is you. What he wants is a mature son to talk to, to relate to. Somebody that he will say, okay, why don't you do this today? Why don't you say this today? I was going to read something here in Psalms 8. Can I read the whole thing? It's so cool. Look at this. Oh, Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth who have displayed your splendor above the heavens. From the mouth of infants and nursing babes, you have established strength. Verse 3, When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have ordained, what is man that you take thought of him, and the son of man that you care for him? Yet, you have made him a little lower than God, and you crown him with glory and majesty. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet. Do you understand this? This is the plan of God for mankind. Even though you're made a little lower than angels, and you're under guardians and managers, and you're under futility, in hope. His plan for you is to magnify you. I'm not making this up. You make him to rule over the works of your hands. What is it talking about? What he did with Adam and Eve, putting them in charge of creation, that is still the plan. And those managers, elemental spirits, guardians, that were not really nice to you, they are going to serve you. <laughs> Hebrews 2. And I started reading this, and then you, you, you can't stop. Let's start with verse 6. One, one has testified somewhere, saying, What is man that you remember him? Or the son of man that you are concerned about him. You have made him for a little while lower than the angels. Of course, we just read this in Psalms 8, right? You have crowned him with glory and honor. You have appointed him over the works of your hands. 
You have put all things in subjection under his feet. For in subjecting all things to him, he left nothing that's not subject to him. But now we do not yet see all things subjected to him. Right? We know that he's speaking about Jesus Christ here. And he was made lower, born of a woman. He answered himself, and we all know that. But then he was exalted at the right hand of the Father. But not everything is already in subjection to him. Why? Anybody want to guess? Romans 8 is waiting for the adoption of sons, many sons coming to birth. Verse 9, but we do see him who was made for a little while, lower than the angels. A little while here is talking about 30 years. It was his life as a human being. Our lives as human beings is a little while. For us, it seems a lot. 52. <laughs> Next week. It's a little while. It's like a wink. You're born and you die. But life continues. And God's plans continue on and on and on. But we get so... We're talking a lot about this. And we get so bonded to what we, we can grasp in this life. And I'm going like, God, you I... I have to have a bigger picture here. I have to know why, like Job, why is it that you examine me every morning? Why are you concerned about my thoughts? Because he, he has a plan in eternity for me. A plan in eternity for you. Verse 9 but we do see him who was made for a little while lower than the angels, namely Jesus, because of the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting for him for whom are all things, and through whom are all things, in bringing many sons to glory, to perfect the author of their salvation through sufferings. For both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one Father. Did you get that? Who sanctifies? Jesus Christ sanctifies. And who is sanctified? You and me. We're all from one Father. Are you opening your heart to this? Yes. I bless this for us. Because if I, I, if I don't have this, this life that's a little while becomes so hard and without hope, without the right perspective. Let's continue. Verse 11, for both he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified are all from one Father, for which reason he's not ashamed to call them brethren. 
How did you do this? <laughs> How did you do this? How did you learn to be pleasing to the Father? How did you learn to do His will and to only speak the things that you heard Him? What is it? Be imitators. He came to open the door. He said, I am the door. Go through the door and relate to the Father because we are brothers. But that goes back to Galatians 4, right? Goes back to Romans 8. There has to be a change in the relationship because you, even though you are a brother, if your older brother is talking to the father, it's because he came to the age already. But if I'm a baby, I'm not talking to my father. I'm under guardians and managers. <laughs> so verse 11, he is not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will proclaim your name to my brethren. In the midst of the congregation, I will sing your praise. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children whom you, God has given me. Therefore, since the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise also partook of the same, that through death he might render powerless him who had the power of death, that is, the devil, and might free those who through fear of death were subject to slavery all their lives. The fear of death is slavery. For assuredly, he does not give help to angels, but he gives help to the descendants of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brethren in all things, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God, to make propitiation for sins of the people. For since he himself was tempted in that which he has suffered, he is able to come to the aid of those who are tempted. Amen. Isn't that awesome? So one, one thing that I'm saying, thinking here is that, number one, I don't have to go through this alone. There's only one way. I mean, John 17 talks about that. You know, that they may be one, that they may be made perfect in one. Perfect is mature. It is in our oneness that we grow. But when I put walls up, it means only one thing. I'm not growing. <laughs> when I isolate, when I withdraw, it means only one thing. Tomorrow, I'm going to be the same. And I can yell, pop my veins, intercede, kick the chairs, and tomorrow I'm going to be the same. Okay. 
because I'm still going to be under guardians and managers, and I'm going to be complaining about my lack of freedom. And God is saying, I know, but why don't you ask help? Ask the Holy Spirit. Listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Ask him. He can come to the aid of those that need help. And I say, Lord, we, we changed this week. Yes. One time, you know, we heard a message by Gary Hargrave, my, my father, his spiritual father, saying, why faith does not work? Well, maybe it doesn't work because my faith did not come by hearing the word. <laughs> right? I can have faith in a lot of things. But one thing that we know is that the word of God is going to come to pass. And his plans are going to be fulfilled. But if I am praying or expecting something that's against what is in the word of God, I can guarantee you it will never happen. <laughs> it doesn't matter how much faith I exercise, if it's not in the word of God, it will not happen. I have faith to bypass the process. Good luck. <laughs> Was it Paul that said, pick up your cross daily? Jesus said that, right? No, but I don't want to carry the cross. Stay in the nursery. But I don't want to be told what to do. Continue under managers. But I, I hate futility. I don't like this. Grow up. Be adopted. Go through the things. Pick up your cross. Put to death the deeds of the flesh. <laughs> Look at this. Galatians 5.1 It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm and do not subject, be subject again to a yoke of slavery. And then, he goes on, verse 13. For you were called to freedom, brethren. Only do not turn your freedom into an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, in this statement, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I love that. But if you bite and devour one another, take care that you are not consumed by one another. Where do they bite and devour one another? In the nursery. <laughs> Where is division? And like Paul says, quarrels is in the nursery. And then, but I don't like the nursery. Stop doing it. <laughs> right? But I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desire of the flesh. And then you can continue reading this whole thing here. Look at that. For the flesh 
sets its desire against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another so that you may not, be, not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the spirit, you're not under the law. Now, the deeds of the flesh are evident, and you continue reading that later. I don't want to be too confronting. But the deeds of the flesh are what happens under guardians and managers. And we want to leave that state. We want to come and, and grow in, in, and mature in our relationship with one another and with you. And for that, we have the spirit that is like a what is it? A lamp. The spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching all the innermost parts of his being. I bless that. We bless, you know, we're going to learn how to walk in the spirit. We're going to learn how to leave this, the immature state. Because we don't want to live under guardians and managers, under elemental spirits, under principalities and powers. We don't want to serve the king of this age. We want to serve the father of spirits. Yes. Amen. Amen? Let's stand. Mahalo for listening to this message. If you are led to leave a rating and review, please feel free to do so. May God bless you.